Welcome everyone to the Paper Cuts Podcast. I'm Dean DeFalco and with me today is... Evan Goldstein. Dan Ryan. Thanks, Dan, for being all delayed and shit. And thank thank both of you for last week for making me feel so warm for not uh, being there. It it really did uh, warm the subcockles of my heart. It was great. Uh, Not the cockles, (laughs) just the subcockles? Just the subcockles. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, we're, we're, this is 17.1 because fuck 17, we threw that one down the toilet. We're, we we have the new and approved model, 17.1. Issue 17.1. <laughs> uh, which uh, we're going to be talking, I guess, about a whatever, a book that came out last week. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, it's the, the last week of the year, the last week in a fifth, uh, a five Wednesday month. They're always light anyway. And Yeah, but know. this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, this was bad. It was. No one planned this out good. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. But and like that's that's kind of surprising because you really could have thrown out like an independent publisher, like even even somebody smaller like Dark Horse or Oni or something like that could have thrown out like a higher profile book and had total market share. Right. Absolutely. Alone by themselves, all of the attention and the ball yeah. was just dropped. Well, it's kind of surprising. Did you guys want to talk about any of those books? Because I don't particularly feel the need to, but I'll, I, I'll leave it on I, the table. I do want to talk about um, the Star Trek book that came out, and not not for quality or anything like that. Um, Star Trek and the Planet of the Apes. Nope, 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 nope. Next, next book. Nope. No, no listen, huh? listen. <laughs> Follow me on this one. It was the standard, you know, just it, it was an issue that wasn't chock full of anything. The, the 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 thing that I found most interesting as reading it was every voice of every character that showed up on the page was played out audibly in my head. You, okay. You had so, a like, voice you know, like every character, every character. So, like, you know, when you read a Batman title, you have. Well, I know I have Kevin Conroy's voice in my head. In this book, every I'm not a big Star Trek guy, but every Star Trek character was there, and as I was reading it, their voices played out in my head, which was like it was sort of like watching one of the old episodes. And that's it. That's all I have for the book. That was. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was I, I'm sorry for Star Trek fans or Planet of the Ape fans. It, it's it's really fluff. The art was okay. The story was meh. Uh Star Trekian people, Klingons, are are tr- tr- dimensionally hopping and arming the the apes with guns. That's all I got. And that really wasn't enough for me to go, ooh, I can't wait to see how this story plays out. Well, <laughs> it's, I, it's monkeys with guns. We've seen this movie. Did, we have. Did Captain Kirk fuck one of them? Oh. No, but I'm I'm hearing that's an issue too. Wait, was it Shatner Kirk or Chris Pine Kirk? No, it was Shatner Kirk. Okay. It was. Sh- I mean, like, the art was close enough that you could see who they were shooting for, like Ahura and, and Sulu. Um but it was funny because when it first, when the issue first started, it was Ahura and Sulu infiltrating a Klingon ship to get some sort of information, and 
I guess they were in disguise because Sulu had a Fu Manchu. Oh my! Which I I was like, oh, that's just borderline racism. There, that's the, just there's not. There's no borderline. <laughs> that is over the border and like setting up residency. <laughs> Later on, they they happened to be in like some sort of like, hey, what happened type situation, and they were going over, and you see him peeling the mustache off of his face. I just. <laughs> you mean he doesn't do like the classic whisk it away from under his chin type move? No, no, uh. he does not. <laughs> wow. That would have been even better it's it's a shame because oh my it, it, oh my thank you <laughs> you're welcome did much better than i did <laughs> i'm a fan of of what's his name yeah that guy george takai george takai haha see and <laughs> we can't even agree on that <laughs> yeah whatever um, george 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 hey <laughs> um but i mean in a week that you know very weak week this was no help at all. None. So I could imagine. See, you guys, you guys should have read the uh, Miracle Man annual. That was the I one mean, I didn't. Even, even minus its stupid all new Miracle Man, which is just enough Marvel. We get it. Mm-hmm. These are new books. Mm-hmm. But like the the really cool thing about this issue was that, like, without getting too much into the Miracle Man. Uh, ridiculous backstory that it was the story is still unfinished from the 80s like originally published over in england and like lots of crazy like creator rights and lots of big name people worked on it neil gaiman worked on it alan moore worked on it uh grant morrison worked on it like just tons of like the biggest british writers you know in in comics history really were on this book and Morrison had a little story that he had written for it just to appear in uh, in Warrior, which was a British comics magazine. And they would do, it was like an anthology book. So they would do like six page stories, like six to eight pages. Morrison wrote this little six page story and it never got published. So flash forward, you know, 20 some odd years later and this past week, this story finally comes out, illustrated by Joe Casada, because Marvel got the rights to Miracle Man, and they're now republishing all the back issues. And the plan is apparently to finish the story. Neil Gaiman, like, has said many times, "I have these issues written. I want them out." You know, right. and Mir- Miracle Man's a, a really good book. It's really strange, and like, it's uh, I love it. it. It's not for everybody. Certainly, but I absolutely love Miracle Man. And this story that's in here is what happens before the Battle of London. And in the Battle of London, Kid Miracle Man, Miracle Man's sidekick, uh, goes all batshit crazy and basically murders uh, everyone. And you see here, like, what is happening to him right before he goes off to be a murderous shithead. And it was just, it was really cool. Like, it, it's just, there's two characters, it's six pages, and that's it. And you get just this absolutely evil, evil son of a bitch just murdering, like, a priest. And, like, it's wow. just, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Um, he he has a pretty nice line in there where he's like, you know, I've, I've been reading so much, I've been reading Nietzsche, I've been reading, you know, the Bible and Jesus only walked on water while I fly over it and that sort of shit. And it's like, wow, that's, that's a pretty badass line. <laughs> um, and Throwing then the, the gauntlet. Yeah, seriously. 
And then the the second half of the issue is an homage to the first issue of Miracle Man that came out like way back, I believe, in the '60s, um, written by this dude who, who created Miracle Man, who who stole Shazam, basically. Uh, dude named Mick Mick Anglo was the creator of Miracle Man. Mike Allred and uh, Peter Milligan do a a little six page story here at the end as well that's done very much in that old school like 60s comic book golly gee kind of style and it was just really nice and charming and and the artwork mike allred's artwork is always going to be amazing right he's he's just so 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 good milligan's writing is you know it's Sometimes he's amazing, sometimes he's average, but he's never worse than average. This really just fit the story. Overall, it was a really good book, though. I think the uh, the coolest part was that they they did one of the things that I really love. At the end of the book, they had the panels, like the uncolored, uninked panels, and just kind of a discussion about how they created the book. And I always like to see that kind of behind the curtain of like here's what an artist thought going into drawing this panel or here's what what the script was and what it called for and that sort of thing it was it was cool cool i i I avoided reading it because i have not read any of the miracle the current if there is a current run of miracle man and it hitting up with an annual usually makes me wary uh like i have to know some sort of backstory or you know my my experience with annuals is, hey, this is the end of the yearbook, so let's wrap everything up, right. or at least give you a huge chunk of story, and it doesn't seem to be that way anymore. Like they're the the release of annuals is, hey, it's month twelve or possibly month eleven. We need to put out a double sized issue so we could charge twice as much, and yeah. So. Yeah, that's that seems to be more what it is now. But now this one, I mean, I don't think like if you if you're not reading Miracle Man. I've I, I really don't see what this issue has for you. Um, if you don't know anything about the story or care about kind of discovering a, a comic that's been lost for 20 years or a, a Grant Morrison story that's really well done that that hasn't been published in 20 years, then then certainly pick this up. I mean, if you're reading Miracle Man and like like what you said, Evan, there, there really is no, it's not current. You know, right. what I mean, this is all still old shit that's been out hard to find admittedly but has been out for since the 80s right okay well i'll take a look at it yeah it was cool well dan that sounds fantastic yeah the cover was fantastic uh, gabriel del Otto cover is just stunning cool anyway yeah look at you dan reading rare books and shit (laughs) i know I know. Really didn't have much of a choice this No, week. he didn't. He didn't. It was either <laughs> no, that really or didn't. fucking check out the funnies in the newspaper. Did either do they still do that? Yeah, on Sundays. Do they really? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't read the news. <laughs> Facebook is all you need. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did either of you read the Shield? Uh huh. No, I uh, I I stayed away from all the books this week. I looked through them and nothing seemed appetizing. And I was like, you know what? I'll read something old. So I I read old stuff. It it was it was all right. Um, if you're not a fan of the show, I don't see how this is going to help you become a fan because it seems to be a, a direct tie-in with the the television show. Um, the main get of the whole book is to show how awesome Coulson is, like. All the other characters really take a back seat in uh, 
the story like there's some sort of epic event happening where it seems like um what's the dude's name Hemdale that's a Heimdall Heimdall uh is trapped on earth and all the baddies from Thor's world are just wrecking the place and everybody is I when I say everybody I mean like I saw characters in the background that I haven't seen in 10 15 years they're just yeah, fighting and cool. fighting and fighting and fighting and all the meanwhile it's like Coulson in charge you know figuring out how to you know rectify the situation in as quick of a situation as possible um I I didn't like with our experiences with Coulson from the movies and I don't even know how often he shows up in the books nowadays, but he is being shoehorned into the Marvel mythos because of how popular a character he seems to be. Well, I, I don't understand it. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. He, as far as like his personality, yes, he, the character itself has a great personality, but the person they got to play him, something doesn't add up to me because, I, all right, the uh, the show uh, just taking it a little out of context as we're talking about the book, but Coulson doesn't really seem to do all that much. He talks, and every maybe, I'd say, I think I've seen him in an actual fight scene maybe twice in, what, two seasons now? Well, it seems like that's his thing. He's a thinker and a, a talker. Like, the way the book is explaining his backstory, if you will, is he's been a fan of the Marvel Universe forever. For as long as he's been alive, taking notes, understanding, figuring things out, and that's why he was brought into the the Shield world because of his knowledge, not so much his you know fighting skills. And he's a tactician, is what he is what he does, and that's what they're doing on the show. They're giving him, I mean, with the later episodes, they're showing him fighting a little bit more, but it's usually him getting beat up for the first half and then somehow overcoming the the villain but um in the book he's got everything it's like he's like four or five steps ahead it's very much in in the vein of how we all looked at nick fury that whichever version of nick fury you want to look at he's always had everything figured out before the, the you know the event even took place he knows point a point b point c everything down into the end and he's very rarely surprised and I guess with the loss of Nick Fury, Coulson has to fill that void, and he's, they seem to be trying to make him as competent of a a human in a superhuman world as possible. So it was it was all right. I really liked it. I I think if 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 it can be a book that can kind of capture some of that personality that Clark Gregg brings to the character, like whether in the show or in the movies. Um, and can also be a book that, I mean, uh, the main characters of this issue arguably are Coulson and then Valkyrie and Black Knight. Black Knight. Knight. I was so happy to see Black Knight. (laughs) And like in a prominent role as like, you're here not because of some bullshit reason of like, hey, look, it's Black Knight in the background, but like you're, you're here because you're the best for this situation. I thought that was really cool. So if we can get a book that that highlights those sorts of characters on a monthly basis, I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Finding the the obscure characters that have a you know a certain je ne sais quoi about them and getting it highlighted would be fantastic because we all know what Iron Man does, we all know what Hulk does, we all know what right. Thor does, and like 
we've seen it before. I the fact of the matter is that he prominently proclaimed the fact that Black Knight is one of the best sword fighters in the universe. That's why he's here today. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like it, it gives me hope that maybe I'll see Sleepwalker again. Ooh. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up too high. No, they're not. They're they're middling at best. But but we'll I am pipe hopeful. Dreams. Certainly, Mr. Wade, uh, fan of the show, Mark Wade. Uh, we, you know, we got to stop lying to people. <laughs> Why? Okay, we, fuck we it. don't know. Fan of the show, Stan Lee, just uh, listens all we the time. We don't know. Constant caller, you know, for the time that we're not on the air. I'm sure there is a person out there named Stanley that does listen to the show. We just have we just pronounce his name incorrectly. That's right. Yeah, yeah there's no pause. Okay. It's just those emails every fucking oh, minute Jesus. of the day, like, hey, true believer. It's like, Excelsior. all right, I get it. I get oh, it. God. <laughs> Get a new catchphrase. You've been Easy. around long enough. Learn a new Easy. word. I know. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't bash that. He, he's pretty much reached god level. I'm pretty sure when he dies, he'll just ascend into like some sort of ethereal realm. He's not gonna I'm, actually go away. I'm actually kind of surprised that Dan wasn't struck down by lightning at this moment. Yeah. Or that just Stanley. Uncle Stan knows I'm kidding. Does he? He does. I told you we email every day. Oh, of course, fan. of course, yeah. Big fan of the show. <laughs> uh, or just a big fan of Dan. Either way, Dan fan. We're okay with it. Hashtag Dan fan 2015. <laughs> Bringing it back. Uh, was it ever uh, here? It was. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. And and then we squashed it. Now I'm bringing it back. That's right. I still never got my T-shirt. Yeah, I'm fucking working <laughs> on it. <laughs> wow, wholly off the rails. <laughs> Anyway, uh, is is that all you guys want to talk about as far as the books? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't read anything else this week, so. All right. Well, let's fucking talk about our our main topic then. Evan, I believe he came up with the main topic, or was it Dan? No, it was Dan. Dan, you not came- only did he come up with it, he then gave me juicy backstory. It was fun. <laughs> I had a I had a good time with it. So, I, I want the, the 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 listenership. To experience everything that Dan said. All right, Dan. Oh, all right, uh, let me can, let me get out the reference material then, because the text messages or the Facebooking. That we- <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was just in the middle of watching the uh, the UFC fight last night, and I was like, oh, let me just spew some nonsense off the top of my head. All right, so <laughs> our topic for this week, what we wanted to talk about was we have we have this fictional person who used to be a comic book reader but is no longer a comic book reader because everybody everybody does the what's the best way to hook a new comic book reader that's easy but what's the best way to hook a lapsed comic book reader that's a a little bit more difficult so we're saying for the sake of argument that this fictional person hasn't read any comic books since giving it up uh, around about 10 years or so ago person went to college they were broke when they were at college, they found that, you know, I don't really miss these funny books all that much, but there's been some really badass movies that have come out in the last couple of years. I think I'm going to go to the comic book store and maybe try and pick up a couple of these books again. I'm, I'm, my curiosity is once again peaked to delve into the world of superheroes. And lo and behold, upon entering said comic book store, looking for an Avengers book that features the movie cast or looking for a Batman book that feels like the movie, this person 
is very greatly disappointed in their lack of synchronicity between the film universe and the the comic universe. That was my favorite part of last night. You using the word synchronicity. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I like to pepper it every now Smart. and again. Yay. <laughs> so what do you do? You have somebody that used to read comic books, got, you know, wants to get back into it, seeing the movies, seeing the TV shows, the, these different things that are going on. And then you go to the comic book store and that stuff isn't there. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the Batman stuff has is nothing like the films, um, which is a good thing, in my opinion. And the Avengers stuff is nothing like the films, which is a bad thing, in my opinion, on that one. So and I didn't see the last X-Men movie, so I can't comment, but I can't imagine it's anything like what's going on in the comic books right now. Nothing mm-hmm. like nothing what's like going it. on in the comic books. Nothing. Right, so so the movies obviously aren't trying to hook people on these books, because um, if they were, you would imagine that there would be like the cinematic universe versions of these things. So what do you do with that person to be like, no, 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 don't give up. Here's something awesome. And let, let's be forewarned that we have not discussed our answers between each other. So there's the you know possibility all three of us agree on the same exact thing for the same exact book for the same exact writer artist combo it's a possibility yeah (laughs) god damn it (laughs) (laughs) so i i i want to hear what dean has to say oh well i was gonna say shoot him in the foot and tell him you read what i tell you to read that interesting is, is that right yeah, yeah, that win. Is, that Ding. is a very strong tactic. Oh, well, I I mean, just, you know what, just real quick, because I did read something on Reddit that kind of made me a little upset not too long ago about, um, I, I, just to get slightly off track, about there was a re- returning reader that went into a comic book shop, and, you know, he, he said he hadn't read for, like, 10, 15 years, and he wanted to go back into the shop, and pick up some books. He said he could have done it on uh, Amazon, but he remembered going into the shop when he was younger, and he had a great time. Lo and behold, he went into whatever comic book shop it was. He didn't give a name just to protect everyone's you know, identities and the shop and whatnot. But he said that the clerk was so rude to him about uh, being, I, I guess, not a true comic book fan because he gave it up and then came back to it. And he sort of badmouthed him for it that the guy left the store, bought books on Amazon, and he said that's the way he's going to do it from now on. And I felt that that made me sort of sad. Well, you know, I, in that, that little story, completely disagree with the uh, store shop keep person because it is in every comic book collector reader's git that they stop for a short period of time. It just happens. I I don't know. I know a lot of people who have collected comic books over the years. I don't know anybody that has collected comic books consistently every week from day one to today. Everybody takes a break. Whether whatever the the reasons may be, whether they be financially or uh, location or uh, I mean. It wasn't always digital wasn't always available to us. Right. So it's not it's way easier now to read and or collect comics. Um, but back in the day, like 
if you lived in the same place near your local comic shop for 15 years and all of a sudden you had to move, there's a possibility that there's not a local comic shop around you. Like after the 90s, those stores went the way of the dodo. You, you got lucky if you were within driving distance of a decent comic shop. Right, right. So people stop, whether they be for good reasons or bad reasons or whatever, everybody stops. The, the, the point of the store is to get them started again. Right. And if the shop owner was smart, he would have ingratiated that person so that they started buying physical copies because that's what keeps that store owner's doors open. Right. And, you know, I, I think I just wanted to make it a point where if you're actually listening to this to get, you know, our advice on maybe what to pick up in the future, and if you go into a store and someone does something like that to you don't get discouraged about going into a shop because i used to work at a shop where i met some of the coolest people i'll ever meet in my life and they were the people that worked there i agree with that statement and you know uh (laughs) and the the thing is i i i I wouldn't trade my time there for for anything because i had a great time i worked with awesome people and i met some great customers so yeah you know there might be one bad apple in the batch but that doesn't speak for the rest of them so you know it is a specialty industry it takes a special kind of person it's a i mean people who buy comic books may not understand all the ins and outs of of actually working at a store it's a lot okay and when it comes to and it seems to only be with comic book stores there's a certain type of person that's meant to work retail and that person will not succeed running a comic book shop okay because it's a completely different type of person that has to do all the figuring out of ordering getting all the stuff there on time getting it marketed properly that mindset is usually different than the person that is on the floor saying hi my name is blah blah blah. how can i help you it's it's two different worlds that have to meld in a comic book store in a comic book shop and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't the fact of the matter is is that without the in my opinion without the the local comic shops we're going to lose comics i don't think they'll continue doing this market just digitally that's my opinion no I, yeah I, I, I agree I, I don't know how much i i agree with that um mostly Mostly because of like having small children around the house as I do, you know, since they're mine and they live here. Um, <laughs> as opposed to the ones you've stolen. Yeah, certainly. Um, like their their world exists digitally. Like they they really don't don't like going to a comic book shop is not a thing for them, and I don't know that it ever will be because we read comics on my iPad and I get them my little pony comic books on their Kindle fires, you know, and that's just kind of the world that, that they exist in. So I don't know. I don't know that they're going to go away entirely. I do agree with your point though, that you shouldn't let some like childish joker ruin your, uh, ruin your experience at a comic book store. What, what I, my, my, backing of my statement is the fact that the average comic book buyer is not children anymore no that's a fair point and it's more it's like a a guilty pleasure for comic collectors to have the paper in their hand it's like uh, vinyl collecting or record collecting there's better uh, this well whatever there are other means that have been out forever and there are still record stores 
It's because of that guilty pleasure. Um, it would, all right, maybe it won't go away completely, but it would definitely take a huge hit to the point of almost not being anywhere near the same thing that we're dealing with now. Well, it, it would be a different form, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the input, guys. And yeah, like I said, just, just for anyone, I, I felt really bad for the guy who put up the post just because I, it that was close to bullying, and that's not fair to the person who you know spent the gas and spent the time to go in there. Again, in a retail store, you're opening up your shop to cater to people, so you should be a little bit more friendly because you want their business just in the most, you know, basic of terms you want people to return to buy stuff if you shoot people away you're gonna have no one at your your place of business you won't have a place to shoot people away from exactly uh i've never understood that elitist douche mentality because keep in mind all of us at one time knew jack and shit about the things that we love and eventually grew to know way too much about the things that we (laughs) love but but at some point we knew nothing about it right 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 absolutely okay cool uh we got that out of the way it was just i i felt kind of not pressured but like i really wanted to bring that up just because like i said i read it and i i did feel sort of bad for the the poster but uh again just to reiterate poster if you ever watch this or listen to this we're we're with you you know uh if, if you ever need help email us we'll give you what you need no problem <laughs> uh, I guess you're inviting them over. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, you know cool, they, they, cool. Could, they could come over. We'll we'll sit, watch movies, read comic books. You know, all that, no big all that good stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, for for me, I mean, I guess it depends. You know what? To, to get back on track, sorry, <laughs> jump back in there. Um, if if it were me getting back into comics, I I guess you know if I wanted to get into the movies, it would depend what series I want to go for. And I mean, for me, what really got me back into comics when I was reading was the Transformers comics, which again don't really have too much to do with the movie, but there are definite uh, crossover books that you can read. Uh, even with the television show uh, and the movie, both of them had their own spinoffs, which, I mean, the the actual TV show books were fantastic. The movie ones were okay, but they were enough to get me like, oh, you know, let me see what else there is in the Transformers universe. And, I mean, there's been a lot since I was nine years old. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just... Yesterday, I was going through some of my old stuff, and I came across a book called The Last Stand of the Wreckers, and it was probably one of the the best books I've I've read having to do anything with Transformers in a while. And if someone came up to me like, hey, I saw the Transformers movie, uh, you know, I read some of the, the books from the movie, they're okay, I want to see other stuff with the universe, this is the book I'd hand to them. It's, it's a six-part miniseries. And it's awesome. And the Wreckers, just for anyone who doesn't know, are kind of like the B-team Black Ops squad for the Transformers. And they really don't get too many good stories. But Nick Roche, I believe, wrote this book. And, man, dude, did he hit the nail on the head with this. This is some really cool stuff going on here. And the, the characters that they use, you don't feel like, you know, you're you're connected to them in a way where, you know, if anything were to happen to them or, you know, if if something were to take them out, 
or bad things were to happen in general, you'd like really be like, oh, well, that that can't happen. Like if you see Optimus Prime die, that <laughs> sort of takes you out of the book because that's the main character. But these guys, it's like a realistic situation, you know. Uh, and there's a it's it's a very gritty book too, which makes it a little. I, I know it's robots, but realistic to a point where, I mean, the, these robots have their own personalities. I mean, they, they have a soul and feelings and emotions. So when things hit them, they hit them like a normal person would. And Nick Roche really brought that out in the characters. I I couldn't recommend this book enough. It's It's really fun to read. It's short. And, I mean, after this, you can go on to the Transformers actual series. You can split off into other miniseries and stuff. You know, it's 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 great. And that's the cool thing about the Transformers stuff. It comes out in little bursts. Uh, a lot of the stuff that IDW publishes with Transformers are mainly miniseries stuff. They have two uh, running books right now, and then the rest of it is just, you know, oh, hey, we're going to do a spotlight on this character. Six issues, that's his, uh, you know, that's his story. Um, oh, hey... We're going to do something all about Megatron actually winning uh, off this last story arc that happened in the main series, and this is what happened. You know, they have a lot of stuff like that. And the cool thing about that is, you know, there's really plenty of stuff to read. There's a huge library, and it not it's not like you really need to, you know, with Batman or Superman, you need to have some sort of backstory. With these guys, you can pretty much just jump in. Uh, you know, Optimus Prime's the good guy. Autobots are his team. Megatron's the bad guy. Decepticons are his team. There's a war going on. Go. That That's it. That's all you ever really need to know. And that's why I guess the, the universe is so inviting to a point. Is because that, you know, if, if you saw the movies, you get the idea. There's not much else there you know there there might be some details that you'll learn through the book but besides that i mean i i think it's a great series to jump into it cool. really is good guy bad guy fight yeah and when it comes to comic book world you know that's as simple as you can get got and if they can put a background story around that I think it's a solid, solid pick. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, if if anyone wants one to start with, I would say The Last Stand of the Wreckers is a really, really cool book to go with. It's It's got plenty of action. The art is superb, and uh, is I mean... That the, is that Pat Lee? Uh, I, could, I could tell Doing you right... on that one? I could tell you right now, I actually have the book up in front of me. Let's log in here, take a look. I know, and I, by login, you mean open up your long box and actually pull out the physical issue? Uh, yeah. Okay, just making sure. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, that, that, that's going to happen. If you hear clicking, don't mind that, because that's definitely not a computer going. It's definitely not me reading digitally. No, not at all. All right, let's, let's take a look here. Uh, actually, the pencils were done by Nick Roche as well. Story was Nick Roche and James Roberts. James Roberts. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Nick Roche did most of the work on this book. Nice. Because, yeah. I, like, I know back in the uh, in the late the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, Pat Lee was doing a Transformers book that, while it did not ship with any sort of regularity, when it did ship, god damn it, was it gorgeous. I, 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 he just nailed those characters. There was... Uh... Uh, what was it? Beast Wars uh, that came out? And I don't know if it was by IDW, but IDW bought the Transformers property, so they got a lot of stuff from Dreamwave when they were doing all that. 
And mm-hmm. uh, one of them that came out uh, was was a Beast Wars omnibus, and I bought it. And the story was difficult to follow, but I love Beast Wars so much that you know I kind of just muddled through it. And uh, the one thing that got me was the art. The art was so good. And I, I mean, to be honest, if the story was all ten different ways of fucked up, I wouldn't have cared because looking at all these, <laughs> I mean, because do do you guys remember the Beast Wars cartoon when it was out? Oh yeah, it was. It sh- was revolutionary yeah, at the time, yeah, and, now, and shit. now looks like shit. Yeah, and th- that's the thing, you know. Um, I love those characters in the Transformers universe. The Beast Wars characters are my favorite, and I get a little bummed out from time to time that there's not too much with them. So having this omnibus, and even though the story wasn't the best, but the art was literally spot on, makes me super happy because I get to see these characters for their full potential, and that that does put a smile on my face. Cool. Evan, what about you? All right, with the full backstory of the character, I I looked into, like, my opinion... The char- that this person is coming in with a, a background knowledge of certain things that they like or or things that they've experienced in the past, movies and television shows and all that stuff that's bringing them into the store now isn't really going to help them as we've explained. Um, my, the, the, I picked the Batman run, the most, cur- well, it's been going on for the new 52 Batman run with uh, Capullo and, mm. you know, with Snyder and Capullo, death of the family, no matter how you feel about it, was superbly well written. Artwork was stunning. Okay, whether you be- agree with the outcome or not, those two points can't be argued. What I was more interesting, more interested in in, in suggesting would be the zero year. Which followed right after, same team. Um, the reason being is it, it shows, it, it gets a, uh, a customer back into Batman with new information that happens before everything else. The, the, like we all know, you know, Bruce Wayne's parents died, he cries, he gets really sad, and then he starts fighting bad guys. This is, the, the story shows how he got to where he is now and, and all the, the foibles that he he comes upon. So with with the knowledge that a a a previously a previous reader's coming in with, this adds to it. It's not necessarily some it is something brand new, but it's not completely out of the box where like how the hell could this happen type of you know, when you when you're working with new stories, uh it it at times for that for them to grab us and bring us in as new readers, they got to keep raising that bar over and over again. And sometimes it gets a little ridiculous. With this story arc, it it it's it's kind of it's like fill it's taking that that story bag and filling it even further. Not starting me with a whole new bag, just giving me <laughs> more of the things that we all come to love about Batman and and his extended family. Um, as you said with your your transformers if the art lacks i don't really care about the story the story could be the best thing ever written and if i don't like the artwork i'm not going to read it capullo's take on batman is like one of if not my favorites 
and the the fact that there is a solid solid story many solid stories behind it just makes it all the more worthwhile so when when someone's coming in and not so much a, a blank slate when it comes to comics i think that they should be given something that helps with the knowledge that they already have in their head Unfortunately, there's not too much we can do with the television shows and the, and the movies, but I feel showing them something like Zero Year and Death of the Family helps them remember why they were collecting comics in the past, not necessarily why they're coming back in to collect comics again. So, you know, I am a huge Moon Knight guy, and I can't really say read Moon Knight because that'll get you <laughs> back into comics because it probably won't. Uh, but I do feel that this run with Capullo and, 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 you know, the zero year will get someone back into reading at least Batman. And then from there, it's bat, the Bat title seems to do a good job of incorporating the other characters around the DCU. So that could just branch them out further and further. It's, it's not rocket science. They, what they did was they said, this is the information that people have. Let's make it a little more shiny. And I thought they did a fantastic job with it. So that would be my suggestion. Yeah, I mean, Zero Year is pretty highly touted as a, you know, very good comic in that new 52 series. I mean, Snyder really it does, hasn't done anything wrong with that run yet. I mean, if you, if you look at it, the the first three right off the bat are City of City Owls. I think I got that right. Court of Owls. Owls. Thank Court you. Of Owls. Uh, you have Death of the Family, and then you have Zero Year. Those are three major, major story arcs in the DC universe, all for Batman that are worth reading. Absolutely, and the and the reason I said Zero Year first is because it shows the writing style and the art style of characters that we know already and that that it'll get you sunk into that universe then popping back into court of owls which is a completely new situation you're already you're already like all right i got it i know what this guy's about let's see what else he can give me and then he gives you two fantastic stories you know court of owls and it's it's a shame that they produced them in the order in which they did but I can understand it because we all know, you know, we all know this team and we want to see what they can do for us, the actual, you know, readers. Right. And they gave us something that we wanted. We we're like, all right, we want more. They gave us more. And they were like, it, at, after that, they were like, well, here, this is what we have a feeling about the, the past. And I mean, knocked it out of the park. So awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I would make the argument that, and, and I am 100% serious on this that this current run of Batman with Snyder and Capullo is the best Batman has ever been. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Y- you know what? I'd, I'd probably have to agree. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, what about Frank Miller and stuff? But, I mean, you know, a lot of that is contained in, you know, graphic novels yeah. and everything. What Snyder's doing is a steady run of solid books for Batman, and that's hard to compete with. I mean, What, what, like, yeah, what issues I, are we on now? 38 or yeah. something like that. So so we're we're a solid two and a half years to three no three years plus mm-hmm. of this team. Yeah. yeah. So they're doing something right because we keep buying the books. If I'm not mistaken, the <laughs> Batman title is one of the highest selling books that DC is putting out now. I mean, like i am glad that they're not fucking with it. Like let them do whatever they want to do because you know, 
I, as a, a solid comic book reader, will uh, I'm on board. And I want to see what they're doing with it. So no, yeah, I, I'd have to agree. Dan, what do you got for us? I I, I struggled flip flopping back be- back and forth between two titles, and I, I really did want to say the Mark Wade Chris Samney Daredevil run. Um, would be the thing to get you back in. But the the only other thing that I could think of about this fictional person is, you know, specifically based on what's been going on in movies and TV and that sort of thing right now, if I'm trying to get somebody back into the comic book shop or back onto Comixology and get them hooked again, then I am giving them the first trade paperback, My Life is a Weapon, the Matt Fraction and David Aha Hawkeye book. Uh. That book... Fucking Good call. came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like it was like, oh, there's going to be a Hawkeye book coming out. And it's kind of cool. Hawkeye's all right. It's going to have Matt Fraction and David Aha. They did a great Iron Fist book. Yeah, those guys are good. And then you read it and you were fucking blown away by it because it was perfect. It is, they're up to like the 21st issue is coming out relatively soon. There's been a lot of delays with the title and it's, there's going to be a new Hawkeye book coming out sometime later this year that, I, it has a hell of a lot to live up to. But this book takes a character that most people are familiar with. I mean, most people have either through the movies or through reading comic books once upon a time have a passing idea that Hawkeye is basically Marvel's ripoff of Green Arrow. And then you read this book and find out that no, he's not really a ripoff of Green Arrow. He's more just a straight ripoff of Robin Hood. <laughs> but way more badass. And it's it, the writing in this book is fantastic. There is so much personality in every single character. So much so that Fraction was able to write an issue of this book from the perspective of a dog. You cared about the dog, pizza dog, that much that he was like, I'm going to do an issue from the perspective of the dog. And you're like, yeah, totally. I can't wait to read that. <laughs> I'm on board. Give I'm me on more. Board. I'm a, I'm a hundred percent in the artwork in this book is David Aha is one of one of I think the the best artists working in comics. Problem is is that he's not the most timely artist working in comics. So there's been a decent amount of fill-ins. Uh, Javier Polito has done a few. Um, I think Francisco Francavilla or Francavilla has done a few, and they're the same style, but there's just a quality to Aha's artwork that. It, 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 there, it, it, there's just something to it that makes it so much better, in my opinion, than everyone else's. And in this first this first trade, you see Hawkeye living in an apartment building and taking care of the people in his apartment while he's out, you know, globe trotting and going on these crazy missions for Shield and and all this this craziness that's going on he's still caring about the common person and you know the the one guy in the building that calls him hawk guy instead of hawkeye right and, which is just kind of charming and it's like you know that that one person that you know that always gets your name wrong and i you know i i know people like that in my own life who's like yeah you know it's like not my name dude but that's cool <laughs> like you're still just kind of funny close enough and, yeah, it's it's all right. You can call me Dave. I, it's I cool. feel like, like that whatever. guy would be the Carl from Aqua Teen Humble, Hunger Force. Hey, Hawkeye, how you doing? Hey, Hawkeye. Yeah, and he's like, no, no, it's Hawkeye. Yeah, that's what I said, Hawkeye. You know, like it's just it's it's funny. 
you know, it's there's so much charm in this book and and so much depth to these characters. It it's just absolutely incredible. And this is the type of book where if you didn't if you don't like this, maybe comic books aren't for you. Yeah. You know, and I, and I say that like not not being an elitist douche about it, uh, but more in in so far as this is about as good as it gets. So if this isn't your thing, I don't know that this is the right world for you. And maybe you need to find a new thing. Right, which is totally fine. That's cool. But like this, and I think Batman, and I think the Transformers books too, like those are all really good examples of like, this is some of the best stuff that's currently being put out, the best that it can be. And, you know, it, comic books aren't going to be for everybody. Right. Some people do just want to go back to the 90s of pouches and tiny feet and big explosions and the capes. Don't forget capes. Lots of capes. And capes. Lots of capes. (laughs) The and lots of face masks that don't have that don't cover the hair for some reason, like and have no logistical way of actually staying on your head. (laughs) The poof mask. Guys, you're going to you're going to upset our biggest listener, Rob Liefeld. Stop. Look, look, friend of the show, Rob Liefeld. <laughs> I love you, but God damn it, practice drawing feet. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you know, it, it's you know. funny because I, at one point in time, was a Rob Liefeld fan, and I enjoyed because, like I've said so before, everybody. you know, like, pecs, every, capes. I loved it. Yeah. And then someone, I'm not gonna name a specific name, pulled a book off of the shelf and pointed out every error that. I, as a fan, just overlooked Wait, that glossed was by. Was it the Captain America book by any chance? Uh, no, okay. it was um, uh, Hawk and Dove. Oh, that one was pretty bad, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There was a whole perspective thing going on, and, and, I mean, it was bad. And I was like, oh, well, I can't defend this. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I there, can't there do is. it. <laughs> And and you know like I know I know he listens every week and every now and again we rag on on Mr. Liefeld but you know like we all we all appreciate Rob's contributions to to comic books like we all love Deadpool. Well, that's the thing, homie made Deadpool. You, know? you could say whatever you yeah, want about like, him. He does what we can't do. So regardless, like of. Well, I I wouldn't go that far. I cannot draw feet. Well, Okay, all right, no, point taken, but... Well done, I did not have any idea where that statement was going, that was fantastic. Uh, But the thing is, his work's published. I can't say that about any of my stuff. You know, I haven't made a comic book character that's more beloved than anything and will become a movie uh, icon sooner or later. I can't say that, so, you know, hats off to him. Nah, I love, love Rob Liefeld. Nothing but love for Rob. Nothing, nothing. (laughs) But but yeah, back on track. Hawkeye Volume 1, My Life is a Weapon. It's the first six issues. Um, Well, it's the first five issues, and then Young Avengers Presents has a a Kate Bishop story in there um, that's really good, too. It's just, it's such a solid book. It's so fun. It's one of those books where, like, you read through it, and you're like, shit, I'm done already? No. I I need (laughs) more of this right now. Okay, uh, so we covered some awesome books for their. Uh, I think guys. we did a good job. I'm not gonna I think lie, we did too. I, th- I think uh, there's definitely a wide array of stuff. Like literally, there's three different publishers you could pick from, and three totally different comic book characters. You have giant robots, a crime fighting vigilante, and a 
government trained like assassin. So um, you got you got your good mix of things going on there. So I I mean, just from my perspective, if you guys can't find something to like about one of these books, I I don't know what we're gonna be able to find for uh, you then because th- this is this is some great stuff. And like I said, if you just want to get back into books, this is definitely some good stuff to look at. One thing I wanted to comment that I was thinking about, seeing as we had this backstory for our, you know, fictitious character, if someone's walking into a, you know, a local comic shop and they're new to comics, if the local comic shop isn't separating and highlighting the current run of dollar issues that every publisher is putting out to highlight some of their best work, they're failing at their job. That is the best place for someone to pop in and say, hey... I have no idea what I'm looking for. Help me. And you just show them an area of um, an amazing amount of books that are just a dollar cover price so that they can get their feet wet. Like that's the place for someone brand new to go. But if they're just blindly searching, there are so many great titles that I've seen on those racks now that uh, the the publishers are doing right. Are you talking about like the image first and that stuff? All all of them are doing it now. Marvel. yeah, Yeah. All of them are doing it. Um, I see they seem to be doing it in clumps. Like Image will do a run, and then DC does a run, and then you know Marvel is. But local comic shops don't order. Well, usually don't order the exact amount they need, so they have you know what they call overstock. I've seen in a number of stores where the, the the shops are actually separating those to say, hey, take a look at these. It's not a huge expense, and the the books that they're putting the dollar price tag on are good solid books for people to get into which will then yeah, bring think, them over uh, to the new wall or whatever scott snyder's witches his image book was just an image first right like I that's saw that. out for a buck right now and that's a killer fucking book case in point thank you sir <laughs> okay cool cool I'm, I'm glad we covered this stuff guys you know like i said if you want to get back into comics and maybe you want some more information about this Shoot us an email. We'd be happy to give you some more recommendations, and I'm sure we're going to have some more literature on it on our website in the future. So hang around, and like I said, if you can't wait for the actual articles, just shoot us an email. We'll, we'll give you some more stuff to read. Not a problem. We're, we're, uh, we're men of the people. That's what we do. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize that. Oh, Jesus. Now I have to change my whole attitude about people. God damn it. Dan and I are men of the people. Evan's a fucking curmudgeon. I am the definition of curmudgeon. Well, guys, listen, if you liked what you were hearing uh, in the show the whole time and you want to catch the books, we got links below for the books that we were talking about, whether it be Batman, Transformers, or Hawkeye, or even if you want to catch us on our social stuff, you can check out our YouTube, our Facebook, and Twitter all in the links below, and there are even links for our email and contact us page. So remember, guys, if you need any information, check the show notes. Uh, Besides that, Evan, I believe you got something you want to tell the people? Yeah, we got Garden State Comic Fest, like I say, every week. It's coming up July 25th and the 26th in Morristown, New Jersey at Menon Arena. I actually just took another walkthrough of the location. I am so excited. It's going to be something to talk about um bigger better sleeker you know we have the power we can build it and 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 i just i it's i it's like a dream come true for me because i've been collecting and doing this comic book stuff for i don't know 30 years now to actually be part of this is something i'm truly truly blessed with so check it out facebook twitters and all that other social media garden state comic fest 
uh, July 25th. It'll be in the show notes. Show notes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Go so far as to call it all new Garden State Comic Fest. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Shut up. That will confuse people. <laughs> well, with that, guys, we hope you like listening to the show. Until next time, as always, keep reading your comics and don't forget to floss.